Um, so this morning we are going to be talking about the clarity of Scripture. And I want to give out a couple of, if I could get some volunteers, I would like to give out a couple of passages um, so that when we get so that when we get down into this, that we can kind of uh, hit them quickly. Um, who who will volunteer? Can I get a couple hands raised? So one, two, three. So um, so if y'all would look up First uh, Corinthians, mom, First Corinthians chapter one, verse two. Um, if I could get someone to look up Galatians chapter one, verse two. Uh, if I could get someone to look up Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Alright. If I could get someone to look up... Uh, now, there's going to be several in Matthew. So, Matthew chapter 12, verse 3. Alright. Matthew... So, that one's going to be actually uh, chapter 12, verse 3 and verse 5. Uh, could I get someone to do uh, Matthew chapter 21... Verse 42, alright, and then someone for uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 31, alright, cool, so, uh, and then, okay, let's do, let's do two, two more, so we're going to be hitting several, several, I'll cover one, yeah, I'll cover, I'll cover one, <laughs> yeah, I should have, um, Psalm 19, verse 7, all right, and then Psalm one nineteen verse one thirty. Okay, cool. So, does anybody need me to repeat their? <laughs> so, Galatians one and two, Galatians one verse two, Philippians one one, First Corinthians one two. Um, we're gonna have Matthew chapter twelve verse three and five. We're gonna have Matthew chapter twenty one verse forty two. Chapter 22 of Matthew, verse 31. Then we're going to have Psalm 19, verse 7. We're going to have Psalm 119, verse 130. And then we'll also have Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. But I'll, 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 I'll do that one. All right, that way I don't have to be flipping all over the place. Once we get, we get rolling, we can roll pretty quickly. Um, so now everybody's got their verses. I don't know who got them because <laughs> we didn't go in any order at all. Um, <laughs> Lord be with us this morning. Give us some, give us some clarity and some organization, right? Uh, so today we're going to be talking about the clarity of Scripture. Um, what do we mean by clarity? Like to what degree? Like so, I, I want us to consider this. So we're kind of looking right now. Last week we were covering the history of the way that the church has viewed the authority of Scripture. The week prior to that, we were looking at the authority that Scripture has. Uh, that, it's, that, that it speaks to us, and when it speaks to us, it speaks as though God Himself is speaking directly to us. So this week we're going to be looking at clarity, and then we'll be looking at a couple of other kind of attributes that we can that we can see in Scripture in the weeks to come. Uh, today I want us to think about cl- the clarity of Scripture, and what we mean by that, I, I want to give you kind of a, uh, a a summary of of what we mean when we say that Scripture is clear, and then we're going to look at a couple of things that, like a couple of considerations with that as well. Then we're going to dive into Scripture, and we're going to kind of see uh, see what Scripture says about itself, speaking about uh, its own clarity. So. Uh, the clarity of Scripture means that the Bible is written in such a way that its teachings are able to be understood by all who read it, seeking God's help, and being willing 
to follow it. Alright, I'm going to say that one more time. So when we speak about the clarity of Scripture, this is what we mean. It means that the Bible is written in such a way that its teachings are able to be understood by all who will read it, seeking God's help and being willing to follow it. Alright? So everybody, is that is that clear? <laughs> Okay, so I want us as we, as I say that, okay, and and I want you to push back on me with this. So when I say that, what what comes into your mind? Or, or I imagine there should be a couple of different a couple of different things. But there's one thing that should that should come out pretty easily. Um, so I want I want you to say like if I say that the Bible's clear, what would your if you were if you were playing devil's advocate? Okay, so you might say, well, it contradicts itself, right? If it's, yes, if it's clear, then why is there so many disagreements? Right? Like, this is a, this, like, like, do, do we understand that the Bible is clear? Or do we believe that the Bible is clear? Do, do we believe that the Bible speaks truth to us? in an understandable and approachable way? How many of us, and, and I want to ask the question, raise your hand if you think the Bible is unclear. Okay, so without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, for sure. like We would think that many of the things that were said in Scripture were foolish. To us, but with the guidance of here's the thing, right? Like when we think about this this thought, like this pushback to the clarity of Scripture, which is if it's clear, then why do people disagree in so many places, right? We know why, but we're not because yeah, because what would happen is that if you ask the Baptist on their particular stance on things, they would say, "Well, God told me." Right, and and they're going to go to the same place. They're going to go into scripture, and they're going to say, "God told me, and He told me for this place or that." If they're if they know why they believe, some may just believe for the sake of somebody having told them. But if they feel strongly about a particular doctrine, they're going to be able to support that, and they're going to to try to go to scripture to do that. So if if I in one denomination speaking say well God told me this or the Holy Spirit led me here and another believer in another denomination says well God told me this the Holy Spirit led me here what conclusion do we draw? That's the conclusion that we would tend to come to is that that it's confusing maybe it's not so clear then right? Maybe it's not so clear. But here's the thing that I want us here's the thing that I want us to get to, right? When it comes to the clarity of scripture, it's not scripture, it's you. Right? Right? It's not scripture that is unclear. It is you. And this this should there's going to be some foundational things to our understanding about the way that we should approach scripture that should come from that, right? That if 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 Dustin and I have a difference of opinion about the interpretation of a passage of text and where that fits, and and it's not just semantics, right? It's not just like I'm saying it one way and he's not understanding the way that I'm saying it. It's not that we both agree, but we just aren't thinking about it the same way. But we legitimately have a difference of opinion about a text. If that's the case, we can't both be right about that text. One of us 
is wrong there. Right? So when it comes to, this is something that, that believers in all denominations, right? And here's the, the reality is, is that we agree on much. Right? M- m- most, if not all of the core doctrines of Christianity, many, if not most, of the like mainstream denominations hold to, to those understandings. Like, like, there's a lot of common ground that we would have with brothers and sisters of other denominations. Like, that should be something. Like, one, we start there. So there's a lot that we that we agree on. We we tend to agree in in secondary and tertiary issues. Right, like um, music, no music, that that type thing. Like, is that a salvation issue? Is that a core salvation? No, it's not. Right, that's a preference to to style of worship. That's a that's kind of a a, a third layer issue when you think about what's saving, what's borderline, and then what's okay. This is just a preference, right? So it's not going to lead your salvation or not, that would fall. And many of our differences fall into those types of categories. Those types of categories that it's like they're going to be in heaven with us and they're going to know that we were right. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> See, I say, that, I say that jokingly, but that's the approach that we take, Right? But here's what I want to stop. Here's what <laughs> you just wait. You're going to say, like, if Dustin and I disagree on the text, when Jesus explains to him how he's wrong about that, thing, <laughs> then he'll he'll realize that I was right all along. See, so here, <laughs> so so it's not it's not that the text is unclear most of the time. There are places where it's difficult, right? Like Peter speaking about Paul's writings. He says that there's some of that that's hard to understand, right? That there's some digging that needs to be done in there. But when we speak about the clarity of Scripture, what we're saying is that it can be understood if we seek, if we read it, seeking God's help, and we're willing to follow it. Now, this is a key point that I want us to get to. Many of us... And especially, I think, as we age, we tend more in this direction. Like, the longer that I've held to a thing, the harder it will be to get me to change my mind from that particular thing, right? So, it is the case many times that God speaks clearly to us in His Word and we are not willing to follow what He says, right? So, we hold to false understandings that God's Word speaks clearly to us for sinful reasons. Right? Right? So, so when we approach Scripture, we should understand that are there difficult places in Scripture? Absolutely. There are places that there are some deep, deep thoughts that take time for us to grapple with and understand. Right, But with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing in Scripture that time with Jesus cannot solve. Right? There's no difficult understanding in the text that we can't spend time with God and come to clearer understandings about that text. Right? There's none. So one of the things that I want us to get from this when we think about... Is Scripture clear 
Yes. Can it be difficult? Well, absolutely it can be difficult. We see all around us that we have differences in, in beliefs. Here's the thing, like one central thing that I want us to take away is that we must, when we come to Scripture, be shaped by Scripture. We must let it shape us. Lord, lead me, right? Your text is clear. Your Word is plain. I come to it oftentimes with blinders in some areas. There's truth that I don't want to hear many times. Lord, lead me there. Help me there. Show me what is clear in Your Word. Teach me, Lord, Your ways. Right? So Scripture is clear... Oftentimes we come to Scripture unwilling to be taught. And then in time, many times, we'll just not go to Scripture at all. Right? We will, we will, we will find hills to die on that we have never read the text for which we're trying to defend. Right? Or the, the, the doctrine that we're trying to lay claim to, we don't, we've never even done sufficient study on it to be able to give a good understanding of what it means, right? And yet we'll make that something that's bigger than it should be so that we can be right, right? right? Like that's why everybody lies when I say that Jesus is going to tell Dustin that he's wrong, right? Because we all know what heart that comes from. Because we all share in that in some way, right? So when we think about Scripture, we must... So we recognize that Scripture... Um, that there's many places in Scripture that, that we misunderstand. Um, we recognize as well that believers at times will disagree on the teachings of Scripture. Um, this is where coming to the text, understanding that we can be wrong, is critical, right? So this is an approach... Two, this is like a core principle of the way that we explore God's Word, right? We come to God's Word understanding that we fall short, that we still have sin in many areas that God's Word is going to speak to, right? That it's not always going to be cheerleading us on in the way that we live our lives, that there are going to be times that we come to God's Word and it hurts us to hear what it says to us, and we don't want to hear it, Right? So let us, one of those, one of those core principle takeaways is that we're not perfect, that when we stand before Jesus, and I can tell you this, when I stand before Him, there will be things He corrects me on in my understanding of who He is. Right? Whether I stand before Him tomorrow, or whether I stand before Him 40 years from now, right? No matter what amount of growth I see in this life, there will be things that I do not get right here. I think we will. I think we will. But I think that just as Jesus, after the resurrection, was teaching about who He was and what He did to those people that He came in contact with, I think that same reality will be true for us there. Right? When Paul says that, you know, we see through a glass darkly right now, but one day we will know as we are known by that 
to me that was when I, I saw that scripture and I thought, you know, we're going to really understand that word know means that we're really going to know Him. And it may be a complete revelation like you said. We may, there may be some areas that I'm weak in. And maybe I know God is faithful. But maybe when I get there, I'm going to really know what faithfulness is. Yeah, so the things that we know rightly, we'll know more deeply. Right? We'll know more truly. The things that we think falsely, we will be corrected in. And we will gain greater understanding of who He is, of what He's done. Right? So while we're here, let that humble us as we approach His Word. Right? Yes. Yes. That may not be so. A, a couple of a couple of thoughts of that. We can know truth, and and we can know truth more deeply and truly. And I think in eternity, will so from the onset of eternity for us, we will believe rightly, right? So all those things that we believed rightly, we'll continue to believe rightly. All those things that we believe falsely will be corrected. We'll have a a clearer understanding of who He is, but we won't have we won't have explored the depths of that truth day one, right? Right, and that's even today. So, like, even that we know things truly and clearly about Him, right? Through our understanding of Scripture, we don't have that as deep and as full and as rich as we can have it. As we will have it. That's why we will yes. worship for eternity yes. because there will never be a, not an amazing moment in heaven. Yes. We cannot, we cannot dig the depths of who He is given eternity because in eternity we are still finite. Right? Right? We do not become deity in heaven. We are still created, right? But you'll be perfect. You'll be perfect. Yes. Yes. Perfect without sin, without flaw, right? And without sin is a theory. Yes. When we approach... Yes, exactly. So sin will not hinder us in understanding who God is as it does today. When I approach God's Word, the main hindrance between me knowing Him more truly and deeply here is that barrier of the sin that remains. That is why it's important for us to dig into God's Word so that God's Word shapes us here, right? It shapes us here. There, when I, under, when, when I see Him, when I, when I experience Him, when I learn more about Him there, there will be no, there will be no barrier between that truth and the application of that truth for me. That is why eternity will be constant worship for us. Right? Because we will never stop experiencing, experiencing Him more truly, more deeply, more clearly. And that will not stop. Right? That will not stop. He is infinite in His qualities. Right? Like His character is infinite. What does that mean for finite beings? which we will be there, is that you can never get to the depths of His infinite character. Right? So His love, we know that now, we'll know that more. 
And as days and days and years and years and millennia and millennia continue on, we'll know that each moment more than the moment before. Right? That's what it means for Him to be infinite in all that He is. Right? So that we'll know His love more 10,000 years in than day one. Right? And even more a million years in than day 10,000. Right? So like so 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 as as we think about the clarity of scripture let us not think that just because we even have an understanding of truth that we have the full depth of that understanding right this is why we can approach God's word each and every day even in things that we know and be drawn deeper into that truth deeper into that understanding and this will continue on this like if you think heaven's going to be boring like part of like knowing him more each and every moment is part of what we will be doing there. Right? It's part of what we'll be doing there. So when we think about the clarity of scripture here, I want us to go and I'm going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter six. I'm going to be looking at six through seven. So Deuteronomy chapter six, verses six through seven. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So there's a couple of things that I want us to get when we think about this and what it's saying here about the commands of God, about the word of God itself. Um, so let's let's kind of start back start back through it at the top. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So where should where should God's word like what's the pro, one of the primary focuses the primary places that God's word takes effect? It takes effect in our in our, in our hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Are these educated people that he's talking to? Are these scholars that he's speaking with? Who's he speaking to here in Deuteronomy? Right. Common, ordinary, regular people, right? So what's he telling to these common, ordinary, regular people? You shall teach them diligently to your children. If he's speaking this, and this is true, what does that mean about what he's giving to them? To teach, you must what? Understand, right? So if they are to teach, then they are going to understand what it is that they teach. Right, So this speaks to the clarity of what they're going to be giving. You shall talk of them when you sit down in your house. So not only are you going to teach them, but these are going to be things that in common conversation you're able to apply these truths. Right? So like when we're sitting down and we're having conversations, we should be able to take what we know from Scripture and that should, that should flow out from us in the, in the everyday normal conversations that we have among, amongst each other. And it's, yes, yes. So for that to happen, it must be clear to you. Because not only can you teach it, right? Not only can you get into the details of it, but it has, it has real practical application in the day to day of your lives. For God's word, if God's word were not clear, then you could find no application from it. If it were merely laws that you could not apply, then you could find no way of bringing that out in your day-to-day conversation. So you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, right? So not only when you're sitting down and engaging one another in conversation, but even in passing, right? So these commands that He's given, they're going to be in your heart. They're going to be something that you can teach diligently to your children. They're going to be things that when you're sitting around having conversations, that they can come out in those conversations when you're in passing. So for you to be able to speak 
something in passing. Right? You've got to speak it concisely. Right? For you to speak something concisely and truly, you must be able to understand it. This speaks more and more to the clarity of Scripture itself. And when you lie down and when you rise, so every moment of your life, there is something that Scripture speaks to. Right? From the moment you get up to the moment that you lie down, Scripture can be applied in your life. For that to be a reality, what must be said of Scripture? It must be clear, right? It must be clear. So who had Psalm 19 and 7? So Psalm... Alright, Psalm... The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Making wise who? Okay, so so script so when 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 it says making wise the simple, who is it speaking to? Is it speaking is it speaking to the teachers of the law? Is it speaking to the Pharisees? Is it speaking to the preachers? Is it speaking to the priests? Who is it speaking to when it says it will make wise the simple? Who are the simple? Are you the simple? No, you're not. No, you are not, right? You are not, especially, especially when you think about where you sit in in world history, you are anything but simple people, right? Anything but, right? You are intellectual elites in history, right? You know more now than generations could ever hope to know, right? Think about this. For years and years and years, it was thought that the earth was the center of everything. What do you know? Where did you learn about this? I mean, you're educated in ways that, that even today, even today, there are people in the world who would kill for the opportunities that you have. You are not simple. You are not simple. Which is why your heart should be convicted, right? Because you are not one who ha- you are not those who have excuses to say I can't understand this. It's too much for me to grasp. Hush that. Hush that. There are people around the world who cannot read. Who who if they wanted to read could not get the resources for it. And yet here we sit with Bibles strewn in front of us, able to look, to read, and to understand. Except here's the reality about God. If you could not, it is so clear that it can be spoken by somebody like me stumbling and mumbling And God can speak clearly to your heart. Even if you are simple. And none of you are simple. Right? Alright, so Psalm 19. Or Psalm 119, 130. Who's got that one? 119, 130. It imparts understanding to who? The simple. Of which... 
None of you qualify, right? <laughs> You're not sinful. Stop with that. Stop with that because you're not. You're not simple. I think that we get we can get discouraged whenever we look at how quickly other people pick things yeah. up that we struggle with, and that can make us feel like we're we're not smart enough. But if we don't compare our progress in scripture to someone else, and we just let it be our own and focus on ourselves, I think that that discouragement goes away, and we can really focus in on the point and and move forward. Because it's you know, like I'm no Jonathan Edwards, but like I can sit down with the Word and eventually come to the same conclusions that he did because Scripture is clear. It just may take me a little bit. It is. Here's something. Yeah, and here's something to be encouraged with. And y'all all know if if you've been if you've worked in any place for any amount of time, you know exactly what I mean by this. Is that you'll come in contact with people that go out of their way to make what they do more difficult to understand than what it really should be. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like it's the person that you sit down in the meeting and they're going to throw out every random acronym like you were reading the acronym book and coming in. You know what I'm talking about, right? And they're going to, like, if you're in medicine, they're going to use the, like, official long name of whatever that medicine is. Like, that's Tylenol, man. Just call it Tylenol. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm But they're doing, but they're trying to be unclear. Because in that unclarity, they feel smarter or more intelligent. Here's the thing that you can trust about Scripture is that even in those difficult places, it's not going out of its way to be more difficult than it ought to be, right? It speaks clearly. Even when it speaks about difficult to understand things. Difficult, because that's the reality, is that that much of what God did is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. And the way that He's done it is unfathomable. Yet He has given us His Word about this work in such a way that if we press into it, we can trust that we can know it. You may not know it today, right? You may not know it today. But it's it's not written like a quantum physics book that's trying to weed you out of that class. Right? It's written in such a way that it's desire, God's desire in writing it is that you would know Him more. Right? So when we think about God's Word and we think about the clarity of God's Word, let's get that He wants you to know Him. Right? So is, are some places difficult? Yes. They're worth digging into because the end is that you know God more. Right? That you know about Him more. That you know Him more truly, more rightly, more deeply. He's not going out of His way to make it difficult for you to know Him. Right? He's not going out of His way for that. Even the simple, of which you're not, can grow wise from Him. Matthew chapter um, 12, verses 3 and 5. Who we got there? Matthew 12, verse 3 and 5. Okay, so I want you to stop right there. Because <laughs> we're going to be pressed for time. Have you not... What? Have you not read? All right, go to five. What does he say in five? Or have you not read? Or have you not read? read? Now, I want you all to go back. Go back, fact check me on this. So, when Jesus is approaching these things, right? And this is why I say heart problem, not clarity problem. 
right? Jesus says, ain't you, ain't you read it? Ain't you read this? Ain't you, like, not like, oh, I get it. That was one of those hard places. That was one of those places that I made it difficult for you so that when I came on the scene, I could show you how smart I am. Jesus says, have you not read? And then he quotes, right? Have you not read? With the idea going towards when I say it again to you, you should get the understanding clearly from what I say. Have you not read? And then he goes on, right? Have you not read? Um, Matthew chapter 21, verse 42. Again. Jesus said to them, have you not read? Have you not read? <laughs> again. <laughs> so again, and you're going to find this. Look at Jesus all the time. like, you not read? Have you not read? Like, you not read it? Like, go read it. You'll get it. Like I'm trying to tell you, plainly and clearly. Have you not read? Right? Not, oh, this is another one of those difficult places in the Old Testament. Right? Have you not read? Again, and again, and again. Verse 20, or chapter 22, verse 31. Who's got that one? Have you not read? <laughs> Y'all see a theme here, right? Have you not read? So those are the have you not read places. So what, what's, the, what's he trying to get at here? Is it, Read it! Read it! <laughs> like your, your problems, you haven't read it! And your heart is hardened to it. Right? It's not that it's unclear to see. Come to it. Lord, show me the truth. I'll read it. That requires humility. Yes, humility. Right? We may not know everything. Right? We may not be right about everything. Alright? So now first Corinthians chapter one, verse two. They should go pretty quickly too. Okay, okay. We're writing to the church. Right? So uh, the point that I wanna that I want to make here is that he's not writing specifically to the learned men in the word. He's writing to the church, right? Throughout the New Testament, we find this same kind of pattern. Galatians 1 and 2, what does it say? That was Dustin. Oh, that was And all the brothers and sisters with me to the church in Galatians. To the church. So he's writing the epistles to who? To the learned? To the educated? To the scholar? To who? To the church. That's us. That's us. Right? Now, you may not be simple, but you are the church. Okay? <laughs> you are the church. He's, the, the Word is written to you. Right? Oftentimes we think that, well, if I can't speak this language, or if I can't go back to the original text, or if, you know, like, if I can't do what Dustin does from the pulpit, then, then somehow... No! This book is written for you. To the church, to the church, to the church. Philippians one one. What does it say? To all the saints that are in Philippi. Did it? Did he qualify it down? Like this book is to be shared only among the high priests. This book is only to be shared among the preachers. Right? This is the secret that you are to use to manipulate in some way to get gain. Or is this for everybody? Is this the truth for everybody? If it is, then it would be clear to everyone. Right? So from the simple to the, to the intellectually elite, this book can speak clearly across the gamut. Right? 
And, and again, when we think about why would God do what He did in the way that He did it, why does He, why does He not like uh, some of those that I come in contact with? Like it's like He's like He should be in somehow speak more intellectual in, in such a way as to to make it so that half the world could never even get the truth that it's intended to give us. Like understanding that God's word is spoken clearly to all, from the simple to those who would think themselves wise. It can correct, it can rebuke, it can teach, it can lead to righteousness across the board because it speaks clearly to all who read it, seeking God to speak to them and being willing to hear what He says through His Word. Right? Alright. So we will end there.